Hey, 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 guys, it is Allison. I am the host of your show, Allison Answers Mission Awake. I cannot wait to sit down with you today and go over how we are going to crush the mediocrity in your life that has been plaguing our society since the beginning of time. I cannot wait to have a real deal conversation that includes intelligence, fun, excitement, and real actionable steps to make a real difference in the life that you're living now and making it into something you can be damn proud of and excited to live. Sit down, put on your damn seatbelt, and get ready for the ride of your life. Hey, 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 guys. How are you today? This is Allison from Allison Answers, and I have a guest today who is uh, very, very helpful to me and who I have learned how to do things with my business. And also through doing that, I have grown in really, really admiring, respecting, and actually like really kind of loving this guy like a friend, which maybe I'm not supposed to, but I do. I want him to be my like father, but like, not like a father. That's weird. But you know, not like a father that's that's your real father or anything like weird like that. But like, I just feel like his guidance is very kind. And it's, it's clear. And I know that I'm making you hold your breath as to who this person is. But I like to tell you how I know him. And I just I admire him a lot and I rely on him a lot. So I have Rocky Lalvani on and he is, you may have heard of him. He's the prophet answer man on a podcast. And he is also has a podcast called the richer soul. And he has a company that's called the, wait, I gotta write down profit comes first. There's so much profit going on. So basically with, with Rocky, the thing that's cool about him is that he is the guy who improves your life. And he, it really is the profit answer man. So he's the person who shows you how to gain profit in your life. But I wouldn't say, you know, I understand that your company is about small businesses and helping them to be more profitable and all of that. But what I really think in terms of who you are, Rocky, is that you are here to create profit in most areas of people's life. Because when you do that, you're creating more freedom and more more ways to be a happier person. So what I'm going to ask Rocky to do is just explain who he is. And no matter what, you're going to gain a lot of value from listening to Rocky because he's going to show you simple. That's what I love about him. Simple, concise, clear ways to improve your financial perspective, your actual cash flow. <laughs> wow. And your emotional, um, I wish I had a good word for it, your emotional cash flow. You know, it's true. It's what you do. So anyhow, without any further ado, this is Rocky Lovani. And he is the dude that um, helps me. So Rocky, tell us your backstory. I love his backstory, by the way. I have it listed here. I was going to read it, but it's much better told by him. So tell us about how you got here. Where did you start? And why are you the profit answer man? How did that happen? 
Thank you, Allison, for having me on. It's a pleasure to uh, to join you today. So I started off uh, as an immigrant. My parents uh, brought me here as a little kid. So we're from India, and they immigrated here, and they were essentially starting over for their second time in their 40s. And at that point, you know, the world was very different than it is today. A lot of currency restrictions and a lot of rules and regulations, but they were lucky enough to be able to come to the U.S. We had a little bit of family here, and basically, they started off with $25. So we started on the wrong side of the tracks. It was a long time ago, so back then, $25 was worth a little bit more than it is today, but still, it wasn't a large sum of money. But what I watched them do, as well as a lot of the other people who had come over, their friends and, and family, was within a relatively short period of time, they started to see and achieve financial success. And so they started to move up the, the social and the more, more so the economic ladder over time. And one of the things that I just was exposed to that I just found natural but I found out much later in life that it wasn't natural was that they would get together and they would talk about money. They would talk about how they were figuring out their way forward in a new country. People would talk about how much they were spending, how much they were earning. How do you, you know, how do you save? How do you invest? What are the different things that they're doing? And so we as kids didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, you know, cable TV, we got stuck listening to our parents talk. <laughs> and, but, you know, I, I got an education from that. And I don't know why, but from a very young age, I decided I wanted to be financially successful. And so I just started studying, and, you know, from what I learned from my parents, from their friends, and then just through reading things like the magazines or listening Back then, we listened to AM radio, and you would hear financial shows and whatever. I just had that interest. And so when I got out of college, I just started automating my savings and, and running budgets and running calculations and saying, what do I need to do to get from where I am to the status that I want? And how long is it going to take? And, and what are the steps to get me there? And after I achieved success, you know, I would look around and I'd be like, why aren't more people successful? Why aren't more people doing this? Why is this such a struggle? And I couldn't figure it out for the life of me because it's not hard. It, it's pretty simple, basic math. And what I found out it, is that a lot of people have what we call money mindsets or these money scripts, these stories that we are told. And most of them are told when we're young kids, just like a lot of other stories that we follow that kind of entrap us. So, you know, if you think about it, maybe you think math is hard. So then you ignore math, you ignore money. Maybe you're told that rich people are evil. Well, nobody wants to be evil, so let's not be rich. Maybe you're told you have to work hard to make money. So then what do you do? You work hard to make money. And, and these are the type, or maybe you were told, well, we can't afford that, or we're not those kind of people. And so that really severely limits you. And I came to realize that all of these scripts were underlying in most people. Then I started to look around and go, wait a minute. I went to school. Why? 
to get a good job, to have a nice life. And yet they didn't teach me about money. Now, I have a Bachelor of Science in Economics and I have an MBA. Neither of those programs taught me how to build wealth. They didn't teach us how, how to make money. And now even on the business side of things, you know, if you look at it and I talk to, to accountants, my wife's a CPA, they're not even taught how to build wealth. You know, their focus is on how do I get the numbers in the right box in the right place on the right, you know, reports, but they're not focused on how do you truly build wealth. And I think that's the struggle everyone has is nobody has been taught how, number one. Number two, human nature is we all want to get rich this weekend. (laughs) And the reality is very few people do that. And the few that do usually lose it next weekend. So it's not a sustainable path to wealth. And on top of that, you also have to get comfortable with money. So if you look at the statistics, people who win the lottery or people who get an inheritance, usually within a couple of years, the money is gone because they haven't learned how to work with money. So even if you're lucky to get it in a short term, if you haven't learned what to do, you're going to make bad decisions and then you're going to struggle. So that's kind of the story. (laughs) Let me tell you that story right there is um, incredibly powerful. And every one of uh, the money mindsets that you brought up, Rocky, I had. So everyone, and you probably could have listed six more. (laughs) I still Mm -hmm. have them. There are others. Yeah. There's religious ones. Yep. There's a lot that come out of religious books. There's a lot that come out of a variety of different things. So can you tell us, I mean, I know your um, affiliation, your relationship with, you know, Profit first, Mike. I can't pronounce his last name, but Michalowicz. I love it. Say it again. Michalowicz. Mike Michalowicz. So, who wrote, you know, Profit First, that book? And I know that you're connected with him. And um, I just would love for you to tell us just the simplicity of it. How how would we learn how to do that? I under, I mean, and I, all of it, I know the mindset shift has to happen, right? Very much so. So yeah, I'm one of Mike's um, profit first certified professionals. And the reason I partnered with Mike is I totally agreed with his philosophy. I looked at it and go, well, this is the way I've always done things. This makes total sense to me. I could either write my own story and create my own materials and do the stuff that I didn't like doing, or I could just partner with Mike, take all his materials and do the stuff that I like doing. And so that's kind of how that that came to be. But Profit First is basically changing the equation to something you've all heard, which is pay yourself first. Take your profit first. So Mike's equation is instead of sales minus expenses equals profit, we do sales minus profit equals expenses. So we take our profit first and we learn to constrain our expenses and to spend money appropriately in business. I think too often we're told the wrong story in business, which is you got to spend money to make money. And that's not necessarily true. More often than not, you don't need more resources. You need to be more resourceful. Now, if you have plenty of money, then sure, spend it so you save time. But most people 
don't have plenty of money. So then you put the time and the effort into doing it yourself. And it's a balance. You have to figure out where you are on the spectrum and do it appropriately. You know, when I read the book and I started using the system, um, which I did prior to you coming on the scene and uh, I blew up the system, but anyhow, I was using the system and I was astonished at how, first of all, simple it is Mm -hmm. and how I'm like, where have I been? Like, what has happened to my life, my godforsaken life? Where have I been? Because it was so simple. And I just watched money accumulate. I was mm-hmm. like, this is this is magic. But no. So what happened? You know, don't tell everyone. But basically, no, I, I invested it in something I did. That's what I did, right? Yes. So <laughs> this is basically. But no, but now we're doing it again. So it's good. Mm-hmm. But the the thing is, is that what would you say? What do you think is the number one thing? I mean, I have so many ideas. I, I think our culture just destroys this. But what do you think is the, the, let's say the three big challenges for people to get into this flow of, of saving money and creating wealth? I don't care if you're a business owner or a person. Mm -hmm. The number one struggle we see is people don't open the bank accounts and start. They just don't start. I don't know why. They read the book. And these same principles work in your personal life as they do in your your business life. They read the book or they're told to do this, you know, open a 401k, put money away for retirement. And yet, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. The reality is tomorrow never comes, number one. Number two, what I think people don't realize is the power of compounding and how much of a difference that makes over time and what the outcomes for that are. And I think that's a big, big part of it. If you don't understand that, then you you lose out. And that's the, I think the really, really big part. Could you explain it to them compounding? Yeah. So let's play a little game. Do it. All right. I give you a penny today and tomorrow I double it and I give you two pennies. And the next day I double it and I give you four pennies. And the next day I double it and I give you eight pennies. Okay. If I keep doubling like that, how much money will I give you on day 32? So you actually would like me to give you that answer? Just give me a wild guess. Okay, that you're talking about day 32 and we're talking about pennies. Yeah. Um, how much money would you give me? So, you know, one penny, two pennies, four pennies, eight pennies, 16 pennies. Yeah, I got it. Um, I would say... Um, Four thousand eight hundred and sixty-two. I think it's closer to. It's four thousand eight hundred and sixty-two. We're going to say that God is talking. Go ahead. You're you're really close, Mm -hmm. but what you missed was the twenty-one million four hundred and seventy thousand before the four thousand. What? Yeah. 
It's like $21 million. What? Wait, wait. Say that again. <laughs> 21. 30 penny, days? 32 days. See, here's what people don't get, right? You're focused on a penny and uh, you're focused on a penny and two pennies and four pennies. But here's what happens between the last day and the day before the last day. So if we're at $21 million that day, the day before we were at about 10 and a half million. The day before that, we were at five million. The day before that, we we're at two and a half million. It's those last few doubles that are massive and compounded. And that's where the power comes at the end of the game. But you can't get to the end of the game if you don't play the beginning of the game. Yeah. And this is, I think, where people struggle. They don't do the beginning part. And so they never can get, and people just can't fathom how this stuff doubles. And I'll be honest, you know, if you, if you go out like around day 20, that's when you're in that $5,000 range. Mm-hmm. But from that, those last 12 days, things really explode and things compound. And many people have heard this story and yet they still don't start. That's why somebody who starts saving at a young age and then stops, will always beat somebody who waited till they were 30 and saved all the way till they were 65 because they started early and the compounding took over and it wouldn't matter how much they were adding anymore because the compounding was going to exceed what they could possibly do. But you don't get that power until you do the first few basic steps. And it's simple, right? It's so simple. You know, it stands out to me because this is the way my mind works is that I feel like that applies to everything. Because I always tell people the first scoop of dirt is not any different. You know, these incremental changes produce exponential results in, I think, all areas, you know, the consistency, right? But even you're saying not the consistency, you're saying like, you know, once you've really added in here for a period of time consistently, you're going to see exponential results, which you are with money, but in other parts of life, you, you have to keep going. I mean, that's why you see, I think as, as people get over, they, they see more and more success that they couldn't see at the beginning, but you have to keep showing up and you have to keep doing it too often. I think people give up too early. They don't see success. And they struggle. So, look, you know, I kind of take this story and I explain it kind of like an airplane taking off. Yeah. Right. So if you think about it, you, you're on your airplane. The pilot says, hey, we're next for takeoff. It comes around the corner. You hear the engine screaming and, and running wild. Right. Which means you're working like crazy. And yet the plane hasn't started to move. The next thing you know, the plane starts moving. and it's making all this noise and it's burning all this fuel and it's going fast. And you look out the window and where are you on the ground? (laughs) You haven't taken off. And this is what we call the grind. This is that part, you know, you've been doubling your pennies and, and here we are doubling our pennies and we're maybe 15, 20 days out and we have hardly any money. And we're like, this isn't fair. I'm working. Where's my success? But if you keep going down the runway, what happens? Within seconds, the nose comes up. And once you're airborne, boom, you're you're skyward like that. Most people, I think, abort. Yeah. Most people change their plans. 
they don't finish or they just don't keep going, which is a shame. And so that's the reality of it. And this, this does work in all areas of life. So if you think about it, we all get out of college and maybe we gained a couple pounds in college, but what happens if we pick up two pounds a year after college? You know, 30 years later, you're 60 pounds overweight. It happened a little bit at a time. Yes. All of these things in every part of life compound. You've heard the thing, you know, when's the best time to plant a tree? 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. Slowly it grows. And you look at it and you're like, that tree's not growing. When is that tree going to grow? But you walk away, you come back 20 years later, you're like, wow, that tree grew. But it was slow and steady. I got to add something for our depressed listeners. Are you ready? When's the second best time to plant a tree? Today. Today. Right? Because believe me, I'm like, shit, I should have done all this stuff a long time ago. Right? So when you go into your, um, the, your richer soul content, you know, the part where you really dive into all the other aspects of life. What, what do you find mostly there? Like what, what is your, your work in that? So that was all started of the journey of I'll be happy when, right? And most of that for many people is financial. I'll be happy when I have this much money. And they get to that much money and they realize they still aren't happy. Nothing changed. I know lots of people who become millionaires and they're like, yeah, one day we woke up and realized we were millionaires and nothing changed, right? And so then the question is, is what are all the other areas of life? How do we find happiness? And coming to the realization that money is a tool, it allows us freedom. It allows us choices. It allows us the ability to do other things, but it's not going to make you happy. Sure. It'll take away your misery. You know, there's no, I'm not going to say that having more money isn't nice. It is nice. But at some point, it's not going to add to your happiness. And I think that's the thing. Once you get to a certain point, it matters less and less. And when you have the freedom to make decisions, I think that's where life gets really, really wild. And so, you know, if you think about the areas of life that we forget, most people give up their health to make money, and then they give up all their money to get their health back. So why not compound your health appropriately up front? Same thing with relationships. You know, do you put the time into the relationships that you should? What's your spiritual journey? And I don't tell people where to go or how to do it or say this is the right or wrong one. I think it's just figuring it out for you in a way that that works for you. Managing your time, that's another thing that compounds, right? If you're not careful of your time and what you're doing, it slips away so, so fast. And so being cognizant of that in in figuring out how do I put all these things together? What are the right mindsets that I need to look at the world in the appropriate place and in the appropriate way? And most of this stuff has been around for centuries, Yes. right? You go back to Stoic philosophy or Buddhist philosophy or or any of these types, you know, even going back to the Bible or other other texts, these, these philosophies have all been there. We just don't, we don't listen, maybe. 
or we're yeah. looking for a shortcut or we don't think it applies to us or we stumble once and we give up. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, what would you say to the person who just has never picked up any of these tools or like, if you just saw them, what, what would you, what would you say the number one, what advice would you give them in this moment? Like if let's say it's a person, I'm going to give you two scenarios. One is a person who has gone through their life. Let's, I mean, I'm, this is the, I'm going to go crazy with this one. You're, you're going to be like, I don't know what to do with this person, but you will. Let's say the person's like already at retirement age. Let's say they're 65 or 70 years old. And they're like, I never did any of this. I never learned it. And let's say we have the person who's young, wants instant gratification, but no, they don't know where to begin. So those two people, what would you say to them? So where do they start? If someone is older, you know, the question now becomes, what are you going to do? Are you just going to stop working? Are you going to continue working? How How do you figure out what retirement lifestyle looks like? I think for a lot of people are going to be in for a rude awakening because they're used to living a certain lifestyle on a certain income. And unfortunately, and this is not something we all talk about, it's a fear that I have always had. The amount of people who get let go in their 50s and 60s and cannot find similar employment is very, very high. Really? But we don't talk about it, Hmm. right? Because companies downsize, recession comes along, politics at work, um, and Let's face it, as an, as an older person, it's hard to find a job, mm-hmm. right? So you got to prepare for that. Is that what you tell them? What I tell, <laughs> I mean, at that point, I think they already know it because they're living it. Yeah, but what would you tell them? What do you do now? What do you do now? Honestly, I, I think they're going, it, do, they, do they need more money? Is that what it is? Yeah. So here's the thing. Regardless of whether you believe it or not, if you've lived your life relatively well, you have compounded some skills. Too often, we don't understand what our value is, Hmm. right? Because when you work for a company, all they do is shred you down. They want to downplay what you're great at because they they don't want you to leave or think you're better than them. Hmm. But many older people have a tremendous amount of skills that they don't realize are valuable. So I think that's a big part of it. Figuring out what skills do you have that are valuable? Where have you compounded over time? And how do you use those skills in a new and different way? So I think a lot of people are just stuck and they need to get out of the box and into a new room. I love that. I think that's a big part of it. And and that goes for people who are tradespeople. Let's face it. If you're a tradesperson, your body gets used up, but your mind doesn't. You know how to do the trades 10x better than a young person. So how do you use that knowledge to, to, to bring value to somebody and to be able to do that? You know, what's cool that you're talking about. It's like, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, self-identity, self-esteem issue, because that's where mm-hmm. there's wealth. You know, there's wealth in, you see people who, you know, Grant Cardone talks about this, and you could tear down all my wealth, you know, but then 
I have everything inside of me to create it again. You mm-hmm. know, and that we're talking about a billionaire, but what about somebody else? I think really what I see with people is that, you know, all of us, have we really taken inventory of stock of our value and what we really have that and how we're create, we are creators, but we don't mm-hmm. do that. We don't create. We just like become passive recipients of whatever lands in our lap. And I think that that's like always my message. We're so automated that we're not creating. It's, we're reacting, right? So, well, we forget. Yeah. And, and I will tell you because I know, and, and it, I'm reminded again during COVID, I saw some people who were older mm-hmm. lose their jobs. And the bruise to the ego was massive. Like they even knew it was coming. And in spite of knowing it was coming, they still had that massive bruise to the ego. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big part of it. You have to let go of that and realize that you just have to find how do you use the skills that you have in a new way that matches with your given skills. Because I think most people are out of alignment with the skills that they have. They do something because somebody told them to. And they get stuck on the wrong ladder, climbing the wrong mountain. Yeah. It's so true. Like in so many areas of our lives, like Mm -hmm. taking the time to just look inward and know ourselves and know our, it's just so important. What would you say to the, the, somebody just starting out? I know what you would say practically, but suppose they're like, I don't know which way to go. You know, I never learned. I'm bad at math. You know, what would you say? You know, it's really simple. Mind the gap. All we do is a gap between what comes in and what goes out. So just like people automate their their mortgage payment and their car payment, automate your savings and just keep increasing it. So even if you start with 1% today, nobody misses a dollar out of 100, right? Give up something. Give up something you don't really enjoy. So if you love your Starbucks, keep your Starbucks. But where are you spending money that you don't enjoy? Or like you're just spending it just because and you haven't thought about it. Stop spending that money and start with 1%. And three months from now, go to 2%. And three months from then, go to 3%. And three months from there, go to 4%. It's little teeny increments that you don't miss. And you remember what happened to the penny. So if you just move up 1% a quarter, right? Over five years, you're at 20% savings rate, which is pretty good in this country where most people don't save at all. And if you keep going, you can get up to 30, 40, like another, you know, at the end of 10 years, you could be at a 40% savings rate. And here's what you have to understand. You didn't really give up anything because through that period of time, you might've gotten a raise, right? So you might've gotten a promotion. So you're still increasing your spending, but in the meantime, you're also increasing your savings and you're doing it in a way that's teeny. And, uh, you know, you get to a 40% savings rate, you're going to put away some serious dollars. Yeah. And you know what I love? This is what I love about this whole thing. How would you explain how that compounds? Because anywhere people put money now, there's barely any interest. So where would they compound it? So 
you have to look at investments. Um, while you're doing your 1% and you're slowly building, understand how markets work. Real estate is a wonderful way to invest if done properly. And you don't have to pay somebody $30,000 to learn how. There's so much free material in the real estate space. Or invest in the stock market. Now, I, I will tell you this. There's, there's a handful of billionaires out there. Warren Buffett, right? Ray Dalio. And there's a couple others. They will tell you how to invest. Not in a phenomenal way, but in a good way in a way that you're pretty much guaranteed pretty good returns over the long term. And you, you got to get out of all the hype and you got to get out of all the craziness. And it's just simple, basic discipline. Just keep doing it. And, and while you're doing that, start to learn and increase your financial knowledge. But it's not that hard. I, I don't know why we make it difficult. There are so many great financial books out there. Read them all and figure out which one makes sense for you and put your plans in place. I mean, it's taken me a lifetime to figure it out for myself and to make the right choices and not to chase and be, you know, the fear of missing out on the latest craze or trying to chase returns and doing all these other things. But I didn't grow up with the internet. You, everyone now has a thousand times the knowledge that I ever could have gotten, a million times the knowledge I could have ever gotten, and access to experts that will tell you what they're thinking. So you can listen to Warren Buffett. You can, you can actually read books on how Warren Buffett looks at financial statements. What's his process, as well as other people. So I think those are the ways you do it. And the other thing is to invest in yourself and make yourself better. So constantly learning, and you don't need to go to college to learn. That's the worst, most expensive way to learn. <laughs> and it's also outdated, you know? Um, I, well, that's what I hear. Oh, I, I need true. to learn this, so I'm going to go back to college. Why? There are so many faster, easier ways to learn than college. And half of the college courses you can watch for free on the internet. So if you want to <laughs> learn, just go learn. I love, you know what? I love how our culture is starting to fight back over these institutions who have just stolen lives like college and banks and the mortgage companies. It's just insane. So I love it. I love that you said that. And I agree. And my son's going to listen to this and be like, I told you, like I have two sons who are like abort, abort mission. Yes. Abort. So I just yes. had uh, the chancellor of Minerva University on my podcast. Yes. Are you familiar with Minerva? No, but tell us about it. So first of all, he graduated from an Ivy League school and he was totally disappointed that they don't teach you anything. Okay. So number one myth, just because it's Ivy League, the school doesn't make the person, the person makes the school. They're picking winners. Yep. And you have to understand that game. Their acceptance rate of students is less than the acceptance rate at Harvard and at the Ivy Leagues. Like they take so few students. They are looking for the right fit and the right, and they charge a fraction of what Harvard and the Ivy Leagues charge. Mm. But we talked about the game that's being played with college 
and how many people are just hoodwinked into into that. Tell us the game. Well, it comes back to the simple thing, right? These co- you everyone thinks you have to go to college to have a good living. And all these Ivy Leagues are charging more and more money, but they're not teaching you. No. And even if you go to an I, and I've had a lot of guests from Ivy League on my podcast, and they're all like, yeah, it didn't didn't guarantee us the happy, perfect life, right? Yes. And so I, I think that's the reality. Now, if you want to be an engineer or you want to be a doctor, sure, you need to go through the educational system of that. But I'll be honest, today, if you actually wanted to help people with their health, you don't have to be a doctor to help people with their health. And you could probably find much better solutions to their health problems, not being a doctor, not being stuck in a system, not being beholden to insurance companies and and all the crazy rules they all have to follow. You know, I have to chime in on that, being an eight-year college person, um, spending eight years of my life there. And what I've, I've known throughout, I don't know why I just knew it maybe because I'd rebel parents, but I just knew as I was going through it, that I was just a puppet going through the hoops in order Mm -hmm. to get where I wanted to go in my life. And my education, although there was some structural things that were really good that I, I got there, probably a total of six months of schoolwork, but that I gained that I should, there's probably a little more than that, but that the number one education that I have, and the reason that I've found success in being able to help all these people is because of my own life struggles, my wrestling through them and getting to the other side and figuring it out and overcoming again and again and again. So and then being able to teach other people that. So to me, you know, that's what I say, you know, like, it's almost like you have to do your time if you're going to do a certain profession that requires it. But otherwise, there's so much money and time that's spent there that could be spent somewhere else. Accumulating wealth, putting a penny in a day, right? Right? College is expensive these days. And and there are a lot of people coming out with literally a noose around their neck. Yes. Because 100%. they can't they can't afford it. Between that, a mortgage or rent and a car payment, those are the three things. If you can if you can master those three things, and I can tell you right now, I think you can master all three to figure out how to do it by appropriately investing in such a way that you don't have to spend. So let's take real estate, you know, let's just say you buy a duplex or, or a fourplex. Well, your other tenants are now renting out and paying your mortgage. Say, well, I can't afford that. What about, I want to live in a single family house. Okay. Rent out three bedrooms to three roommates, right? Now they're paying your mortgage. It's called house hacking, you know, for cars these days, people rent their cars out on Turo and all these other car sharing apps or or just buy a basic car that's, you, you know, a, a few-year-old good vehicle. And I, right now we're in weird times, but before yeah. these weird times, you could get a really reasonable deal on a used car yeah. and you don't need to show off for it. And you bring that cost in line. 
and then your maintenance isn't so high and your month, you know, then you don't have a monthly payment and life is not so bad. I think we're all trying to impress the Joneses and we hate the Joneses. <laughs> Do you hate the Joneses, Rocky? Do you hate them? Well, I mean, let's face it. We're, we're <laughs> impressing people that we, we don't even care about, yeah. right? They aren't our friends. We're just trying to look good for society. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of silly. Yeah. And, you know, so much of this, you know, has to do with like, you know, like I was saying before, identity, right? And the, some search for something that that if we just stay in the here and the now, we could create now, right? What would you say, But because I know we're going to have to end, I want to respect your time, but I'm not going to respect it that much because I have one more question. My question is for you, because you have um, one thing that you mentioned, and it's very came out very strongly to me was that your parents always talked about money. And, you know, all the different um, variables involved with money. And I think that culturally, uh, often we're taught not to do that. We're taught not to talk about money, not to talk about what we make or how we make it or any of it, not to brag, all these things. And so I have kind of two questions. One, I just wanted to bring that out because that really high, that stands out to me because I often feel uncomfortable having like, you know, a video talking just about money, or I always have to give like a tagline, a disclaimer, hey, well, it's not all about money, you know, but then there's that. And then, so I want you to comment on that. But the other thing is, I also want you to uh, talk about any challenges you've had you know, in terms of, and how you got out of them, if you've had any, I hope, I hope in a way you have, because it's going to really piss me off if you you haven't, I'm not even going to know what to do if you say no, that's why I'm giving you two questions. So let's go to your first question, right? A lot of people don't want to talk about money, but you know what? There is a group of people who do love that. I have to hang out in spaces, both online and in other places where people are constantly talking about money. As a matter of fact, I'm usually surprised when I'm in a space where people aren't talking about money because that's the space I hang out in. Those are what my friends, the people I know, we have these kinds of conversations. And so find the spaces where people talk about money. There are tons and tons of groups online that are free that you can learn about money. There are also real estate groups where you'll start to hear people talk about money. Some of them get a little bit go bro, like chest thumping. You got to be careful. But the point is there are plenty of places where people are having conversations about money and they're teaching each other. And they're learning from each other's mistakes. So Google it. You will find a ton of them. Um, One of the biggest things to Google is the FIRE movement. Mm -hmm. So the FIRE movement stands for financial independence, retire early. I will be honest. Most of the smart people are not retiring early. What they're doing is they have the financial independence to do what they love. And so they still make money and they still work. They just do what they love instead of being stuck working for the man, having to do what you have to in order to make it. So, and these people go from all ends of the spectrum, from the super frugal to the other end where they're like, hey, money is to be spent and enjoyed. 
So we're, we're going to make a lot of it and we're going to spend a lot of it. And that's okay too. Don't, cl- don't clock the blood. They're, they're within their means. Yeah. They live within their means. And that's the bottom line. So for me, I, you know, I think the first mistake I made was early on. You start signing up for all this stuff and it's worse today. Oh, that's only 20 bucks a month. Oh, that's $10 a month. Oh, that's $100. Before you know it, all of those monthly fees start choking you. And if you can't get out of them because you're stuck in contracts, that's a problem. Your auto company doesn't care about you. They're going to give you the biggest loan they think that you will pay and not default on. And even if you default, that's all right. They'll get the car back and they'll start over with the next sucker. The mortgage company does the same thing. Everyone's buying the max they can buy instead of what's reasonable. Nobody else is going to look at your finances and tell you what you really should spend versus what's the spending that puts you at the edge of the limits. So I think that's that's a big part of it. And that was a mistake I made early on. And I quickly realized any kind of a recurring payment is a noose. So don't get involved with recurring payments. And unfortunately, today, everything is going to a rental society, which is recurring payments that never stop. And that can get really, really brutal. How would you stop that? Well, I mean, in some cases, you've got to end the contract. So let's say you buy a car and it's got a five-year loan. Well, at the end of five years, you don't buy another car. You keep driving your car. Mm -hmm. That's what you mean, like revolving revolving credit. Well, or you can cancel services. You can call up the cable company and go, we don't need all these channels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can you can do that to a lot of services. A lot of times what I found is people don't even know where their money's going. When they start looking at where their money's going, they're like, I'm still paying for that. Right. Go cancel it all. Go cancel everything. Here's the simplest way to cancel everything. Oh, uh, your credit card company. Yes. And say, hey, can you do me a favor? Can you cancel the card I have? And send me a new card with a new number. By doing that, everything that was auto debited to that card all cancels now. And you have to re-sign up for everything because they can't get your money anymore. You know what I want to say? And then I know we have to go. Is that because of working with you and also because I saw it, I saw all these teeny little charges. $4.99, $2, Apple.com. And I just would ignore them because I'm like, oh, big deal. It's a mosquito. Let's just move on. I'm too busy. And then I just started systematically canceling and going in. Like, I never even signed up for this thing. But what I found, I did what you said, canceled, but with American Express, you know what they do as a courtesy? They switch all (laughs) them over to your new card. I've done it like five times. And then I'm like, why do you keep doing that? And they're tell like, them no. I, d- I had to go back and tell them no. And then I told them no twice. Hopefully this time it sticks. But that's weird, right? Yeah. Everyone's doing everything for you as a courtesy. That just means they're taking your money. Exactly. Yeah. Today, everything's got courtesy fees and like, no, thank you. Exactly. I don't need a convenience fee. I'll yes. take the inconvenience and I'll keep my money. Yes. Money spent is gone forever, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So what is your one last bit of wisdom that you would want to share 
with someone who just might feel a little discouraged in where they've come financially. You know what the first thing they need to do is? What? They need to tell you how much they love you by rating the show and leaving good feedback. <laughs> yeah. That is number one. Number one. Number one. I love that then, about you. Now that they're taking action, right? And they're feeling <laughs> a little bit good about themselves. Look at you. Just yes. start and do, you know, just go through your bills and go, where's my money going? And ask yourself, is this where I want my money to flow? That's it. No judgment, no anything. Look at where your money is flowing and saying, is this where I want my money to flow? And if it's not, just start canceling or getting rid of the spending that's not making you happy. That's it. Not gonna, I'm not asking you to give up your, your, your latte that you love. I'm saying whatever you don't enjoy, stop. I, I you know... This right here is like, I feel like the key to life because I tell everyone just like the philosophy that I have is that nothing changes until it becomes what it is. So like the truth is a pathway to all freedom. So basically what I would do is not look at my bank account, but everything, face everything. Like that's what you're saying. Look at it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that to me, that's where freedom lies. Right. And then, and then action. No shame. Right. No shame. Yes. Awesome. All right. We're done. Rocky, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate you. And I appreciate because I feel like I shared my person with you. So what I would like to do is would you guys please the, the first action I'd like you to take is to like share, rinse, repeat, go to his, um, his podcasts and, Rocky, can you explain to everybody where they can find you and all of that? So my podcasts are wherever you're listening to this. I'm on all the platforms. If you're a business person, it's the Profit Answer Man. That's for business people. For everyone else and business people, Richer Soul is how you live your ultimate life. Love it. And suppose they want to be a part of your company. Well, then they just email me. (laughs) <laughs> There's links in all the podcasts. All right. See, he does that. He cuts through all the bullshit, this guy. <laughs> He's just like, here, just do this, Allison. Shut the podcast off already. <laughs> God, we got to get to other things. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And please share, like, and learn. Bye, guys. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I just want to say to you that we are all together a part of the mission, Mission Awake a mission that's going to stop the mediocrity that's plaguing all of us. So if you got something here today, I ask that you would be a part of this mission and you'd share it with whoever you can. Take a screenshot of the show and share it on your Instagram. If you are looking for me, you can find me on social media platform, Instagram, Allison Answers or Logger Counseling Services. And give us a, a review and subscribe if you could to YouTube. Allison Answers. That's where you're going to get a lot of content. I drop stuff every day, goofy stuff, all different kinds of stuff five-minute videos that just get you moving in your day. Have a great week. See you next time.